Hey guys, it's Danny again here with Rob. Welcome. Uh, we're going to be trying out a new format where we answer user submitted questions. So if you have any questions about ADHD or mental health issues related to ADHD, you can send it to us through my website, butthethingis.com. So that's B U T T H E T H I N G I S dot C O M. There's a section called Ask Questions. Uh, the link will be in the description. And if you have any questions you want us to talk about in the podcast, go to that section, um, type in the question, uh, mention you want us to talk about in the podcast, and yeah, we'll talk about it in the next episode. In this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most frequent questions I get from people, which is, can you get ADHD as an adult? Now, Rob, I think you had a story related to this. This is a really interesting question. A very, very good friend of mine, an old friend of mine, recently we spoke after not speaking for, might have been at least a year. And this person is just a brilliant guy. He has a really great job at a great company, steady girlfriend, um, steady hobbies. And when I spoke to him, he had, and I'm quoting, got his shit together lately uh, with, with, with regards to many different things. So yeah. um, started working from home, got that whole thing set up. Everything's great. Um, started, had some health issues that he had to uh, just totally finally fixed, gone to the doctor, everything's fine. Started exercising to a very high degree. Looks great. You, you know, what you could just see this person is just really thriving. Yeah. Thri yeah. The vitality of this person is just so <laughs> yeah. obvious. And, um, and he saw that I had this, this book about ADHD and I've been tweeting about ADHD and wanted to talk to me. Hey, I, I think I might have ADHD. Uh, I read, you know, read half your halfway through your book and, you know, I think damn, like a, you're talking about me, like, you know, that, that thing where you see on Twitter, people, you know, make the meme of, um, I'm reporting this because it's a, about me or, or what, or whatever, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Danny, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm in this tweet and I don't like it. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm in this tweet yeah. and I don't like it. Exactly. Um, and his, you know, the, the question, the topic we're talking about is, can you get ADHD in this adult? And my friend, who's a very insightful person and kind of had guessed that, you don't just randomly get ADHD as an adult. Um, but that's how he felt. He had got all of his stuff together, got, was doing all the, the right things in terms of diet, exercise, you know, got over some of these medical issues, kind of finally graduated from university and got a job and was no longer in that sort of grind where you may or may not like university, but you understand that it's necessary, blah, blah, blah. And he's still has now noticing that all these issues that he thought were related to university or different things he didn't necessarily want to do or health related, those things have all been fixed, but the symptoms are still there and they're not unrelated. They're actually all part of the same thing. And his own conclusion, and I've of course recommended he go see a doctor and all that, but his conclusion was it feels like I now have ADHD, but I didn't really think I had it before. You know, do you think I have it? And while I can't diagnose this person, um, it does bring up this topic, which is can you get ADHD as an adult? Can you acquire it once you're an adult or once you're, you know, your brain is fully um, developed? 
And uh, I think the simple answer is no. You have always had ADHD, and this is a way that your brain forms. There's no magical substance that you've taken in error that has now made you have ADHD. That's just medically not how any of that works. Forks, yeah. <laughs> However, it, it it is a very good question because, you know, a lot of people have this idea that some of the things that may, they might be doing in their life, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do schoolwork, but I'm distracted because I hate school and I can't focus because I hate school and I'm tired of school or, you know, those type of topics or I hate my job. That's why I can't focus on it. Now, if you hate your job and you can't focus on it, you know, that's might be might be the reason you can't focus on it but um this whole idea of emergent ADHD is very interesting to talk about because some people don't really realize they have it until much later in life which kind of brings up this you know adult diagnosis issue yeah, and yeah. i think Danny you've you've spent a lot of time talking to people about this issue i'd love to hear more about your, <laughs> yeah. your thoughts about i, I get about this, this question from people of all ages so you know like teenagers asking me can you get adhd as a teen um older people you know can you it, like especially like soup you know much like people in their like 50s and 60s uh it's it's actually not unheard of um for them to realize they have adhd at that age and think they have um you know like uh like oh god i shouldn't have introduced like it was a funny thing like you know like uh like dementia or parkinson's yeah. uh just because you know like they noticed that their memory is affected but no a lot uh, not not in a lot of these times but for these people with adhd no it isn't that it's just the adhd and they've just been noticing their symptoms for the first time uh through because of you know like just normal um you know for whatever reason maybe they now, got their shit together when they're at that age right it yeah, could be i mean um i mean it's it's actually really interesting that you mentioned the whole getting their shit together thing because um comorbid conditions so specifically things like anxiety and depression it can kind of cloak or kind of like mask or suppress adhd symptoms uh, specifically hyperactivity for me. So when I was younger, I didn't even realize I had ADHD just because uh, I didn't have any of the more, you know, chaotic symptoms. So like my emotions were pretty uh, numb and tame. Uh, I didn't have any of the hyperactivity. I, I you know, I, I didn't shake as much. I didn't interrupt people. Much you weren't just a problem child. I wasn't a problem child. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I had inattentive symptoms. I, I wasn't like super hyperactive in the first place. But the depression kind of, depressed my ADHD symptoms um so there's this interesting phenomenon where when someone gets their shit together so when I learn to manage my depression what happened my ADHD symptoms just you know quote-unquote got worse you they know? didn't get worse they got obvious yeah yeah because uh, the <laughs> comorbids were suppressing it like and and this isn't just unique to ADHD um, a friend of mine who has quite severe anxiety, um, over the past couple of years, he's been learning to kind of manage his anxiety. And as he's, you know, as he's controlling his, his anxiety, he's he's realizing that, oh, shit, I don't actually know how to do things without it. Um, because he realized that nearly, uh, you know, most of his drive, most of the reason he did things was because of his anxiety. 
So when someone's been doing, uh, you know, someone's been living their life a certain way and then they kind of change that, obviously um, it's difficult, you know? Um, does that and make great, sense? It does. And um, the anxiety part is uh, really insightful because I think it's for me in university and for my friend as well, you have this test or exam or this paper due in a week. And if you are lucky enough to not do it the night before, which I was, I was never that person. I was always doing it the night before that last minute bomb of anxiety that sweeps over your entire brain. For me, that's what was in a way motivating to get everything done. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to fail. I'm going to get his F on this paper. I need to finish this. And that was compelling enough to overtake the brain fog and other ADHD related symptoms that I would had been feeling throughout the rest of the week. It's not that I didn't want to start that paper or start studying before that. It's that I just, just really couldn't get started until that anxiety was so powerful that it overcame the rest of it. And I think it's an interesting thing to, to start noticing that, especially my friend who started working at this great company loves his job and he can't, that anxiety is no longer there because he just likes doing it. But yeah. it's actually almost less productive because yeah. he likes it. And he, it's, yeah, there's an element of, you know, hyper-focus and all those funny words that we talk about all the time. But <laughs> that anxiety doesn't happen until he's maybe at a deadline or something like that. But it doesn't really make sense because he's doing this full-time and he enjoys it. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, th- yeah. this is really interesting. Um, so let me see if I can kind of structure what I'm trying to say. So there's a concept that I believe people call a tipping point. Um, so, you know, with ADHD and really all mental health issues, stress makes it harder to cope, right? Stress, quote unquote, makes our symptoms worse. It makes things more difficult to kind of cope, kind of deal with. That's actually the reason a lot of people are currently struggling um, because, you know, the pandemic isn't good for one's mental health. It's very stressful. Um, and you, when you have these tipping points that come through, um, you know, uh, external stress or change, change being a really big point um, because, you know, people with ADHD aren't good with change, you know, change isn't easy in the first place but we are especially bad at change so you get these tipping points which is changes in someone's life that can cause one's adhd symptoms or one's coping uh to get worse or you know we can't cope as well for whatever reason um so uh so common tipping points tend to be going from school to university school has external structure university doesn't uh, the reason I struggled when I got to university was, you know, and, uh, certainly it was up to me whether I did, went to classes or not, you know, like doing assignments or not, you know, like there was no immediate repercussions. And that was a that was a tipping point And, you know, that caused me to be unable to cope. And I kind of fell apart. Uh, other common tipping points tend to be things like having kids. Suddenly you're responsible for another human being. Uh, a new relationship or getting married there's a big change you know like there's a lot of like emotional and a lot of times you know like living together or you know like there's a lot of changes especially like emotional changes 
and that can be a tipping point. Now, quite interestingly, as you mentioned, there are certain people who I've noticed, for whatever reason, are able to kind of get through university. No, no, they can get through most of their academics through sheer anxiety. That's me. Right? Sheer time constraint. But as soon as they leave academics, it's it's their tipping point. They lose their ability to cope. Relying on, you know, relying on, you know, time pressures or anxieties to do things. That's just how you're coping, right? It's not a healthy coping, but it's how you're coping. Suddenly, you come to a situation where your method of coping, you know, last second stress and anxiety to drive you can't be used anymore like in a work setting um, or or in a work setting where you actually find it interesting. Um, so that's probably the case with your friend, Rob. Um, suddenly he's at a point where he doesn't need to use time constraints anymore and he doesn't have his normal coping mechanisms, his maladaptive coping, which is negative coping mechanisms. So... He hit his tipping point. He isn't able to cope like he used to, and therefore his symptoms are, quote-unquote, getting worse, or more accurately, he's noting them for the first time because he can't cope uh, well with them. Yeah, it, it, that's you've hit the nail on the head there, and it's that conversation emerged because I told a similar story in my book that hit home so hard for him about getting past the rigidity of like you said elementary or sorry high school and suddenly finding himself in this place where he needed to use stress and anxiety just like I had to get things done which is not a very fun uh, good feeling so it's not sustainable it's it's not sustainable and then all of a sudden when you graduate and you get to that job that you like then you think well I should be better now like this should be much easier it should be much easier to focus and then it feels really like you got a you got you acquired it's a new thing that you now have adhd um and just like danny said what's actually happening is you're just you're just noticing it for the first time yeah your your coping your usual coping mechanisms aren't up to snuff either because you know um they your your situation has changed greatly um, so, you know, like, say, for example, when you were in university, uh, you could have assignments. They would be due at specific times. But, you know, when you're working, maybe that's not the kind of situation, you know, that's not how it works in a wor- in your work environment. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like a continuous thing where you need to continuously do work instead of kind of, you know, leaving things till the last second and kind of doing everything in the last second. You know, like you can't really finish, you know, like a hundred word, uh, sorry, a hundred page report in a day you know in a, in a work environment yeah and there's um, deliverables along the yeah, way yeah i, I love That's that exactly. idea that is such an interesting idea of this continue kind of have yeah you shift to this continuous delivery almost where yeah. in university yeah. you had assignment one assignment two project three and exam those are your four things you had to do and those had separate discrete specific due dates and you didn't have to continuously deliver them in piecemeal form to a manager or a boss or a coworker or you know if you're a programmer typically when you do programming you're constantly updating your code and everyone can kind of see 
these updates to the code um, somewhere. And when there's no updates to the code and they're all at once, it's actually from an engineering perspective, a, a not a good thing, but yeah, you're, you know, this continuous delivery is, is a pretty difficult thing to do. And so now you're saying to yourself, Oh, there's a problem with me. I should be doing this continuously. So, wow, that's, I really love that idea so much of that continuous delivery. I've never thought about it that way. I'm so glad you said it, Danny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after answering, you know, thousands of questions, <laughs> you tend to experience all ways of saying things or the most efficient ways of kind of getting your point across. Um, yeah, I think we've answered the question. Can you get ADHD as an adult? No. Um, but what usually the case is that increasing responsibilities or changes in your life or building stress can make it difficult for you to cope with your symptoms um, symptoms that you didn't even realize you had because you'd been coping so well and your coping mechanisms fail uh, for whatever reason and you notice them. Uh, so again, it's not that you developed ADHD as an adult. You just noticed it because you aren't able to cope as well as you used to. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, can, yeah. can we just add one little tidbit onto this? I know we're getting towards the end, but the recommendation to this person that I had that to my friend who was now noticing they have ADHD you know what do I do next and I I told them actually you've already started the first step the most important critical step is to acknowledge oh hey there's actually something with my brain called ADHD and just noticing it is the first most important step and now you can do research you can go talk to a doctor you can go and listen to this really cool podcast called abcs of adhd you can follow <laughs> yeah. people on t- so you can do all these different things now that you've unlocked the knowledge that actually there's nothing wrong with you you just have to do some new things change maybe some of your routines or behaviors or just pay attention a lot more to certain things your brain does and that's actually the most important first step that you can do and everything else will flow from there. So I just wanted to make sure that not only do, do we answer this question, but it's like, if you do feel personally like this is happening to you, like the next thing, you've already done the next thing. Like this, it, you've already started on the, the good path. So yeah, yeah. You've already started, you've already taken the first step in your journey, which is to realize that you have difficulties. Well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can wrap up there then. Um, so yeah, uh, no, you can get it. Um, so once again, uh, we're going to take questions to do with ADHD or mental health, and you can submit it through the ask question section of my website, but the thing is.com B U T T H E T H I N G I S dot C O M. Uh, again, the link will be in the description. And if you want us to talk about it in the podcast, you just, mention that you want us to talk about it in the podcast um and yeah uh thank you for listening send in your interesting questions bye bye